Welcome back to the Reading and Writing Podcast. My guest today is M.P. Woodward, author of the debut novel, The Handler. Best-selling writer Mark Graney wrote about The Handler, a brilliant thriller. This is one you don't want to miss. M.P., welcome to the podcast. Hey, Jeff. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, if someone listening hasn't yet heard about your new novel, The Handler, how would you describe the novel? Well, uh, it is set against a backdrop of the rising conflict between um, the United States and Iran. And that's, of course, in the news um, quite a bit. And in particular, this takes place um, at a time about uh, two years ago now when um, the United States had um, effectively assassinated Iran's leader of the Quds Force, uh, General Soleimani. And that led to tensions. And among those tensions, there was a, an, a tragic and accidental shootdown that the Iranians admitted to where they um, shot down one of their own or they shot down a civilian airliner. It happened to be a Ukrainian airliner, but it was filled with kids going back to school, many of them in, in Canada. And the Iranians, thinking it was an American cruise missile attack, um, shot it down uh, on January 8th, 2020. And they and uh, and it was just kind of a horrible thing. So that that sets the novel in motion. And the premise is that um, one of the the kids who was killed on that board on board that um, that airplane was the daughter of a uh, nuclear scientist who'd been spying for the Americans and uh, now now simply wants out and wanting out. He has kind of lost trust with everyone based on the personal tragedies he's experienced, and he he will only deal with the original handler he had at CIA who had installed him years and years ago, who is now out of the CIA, and he effectively blackmails the CIA into, into wanting that guy to come back. Um, that guy doesn't want to come back, but his ex-wife is still in the CIA, and so the CIA leans on her to get him back, and then together they have to affect the mission to get this guy out before uh, before he causes more more damage. So that's more or less the the plot. And I'm curious, do you remember the original idea or impetus that led you to write The Handler? Yeah, I sure do. I was um I was an executive with um with Amazon and traveled quite a bit and I was on my way to a business meeting actually on January 8th, 2020. So this was right before COVID. And that that escalation at the time was was kind of scary that uh, you know we had we had killed Soleimani and we knew the right. Iranians were going to do something and they ended up launching a bunch of missiles at an American base in Baghdad and you know having come from that world uh, a bit as an intelligence officer I was paying very close attention to it and then I happened to be flying that day on January 8th 2020 and this terrible thing happened with his airliner and I thought what senselessness you know what what a terrible thing and 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 given that this was you know um, friendly fire Iran Iran on Iran, what implications could that have based on who was on board that plane? And so that that really got me to thinking about it, and it made me want to tell the story not just as a us versus them, good guys versus bad guys, but as like real humans kind of caught up in this larger than life conflict between two nations that was spinning a little bit out of control. So that that was the genesis. And had you written fiction before you had this idea and before you sat down and wrote The Handler? Yeah, I had a, I had attempted um, throughout my life. I, I Back when I was an intelligence officer in the Navy, I wrote kind of a sea drama and then um, 
later uh, as a as a, a, in a in startup companies, I wrote sort of a, a satire about venture capitalists. But but <laughs> neither there was always kind of an outlet and a hobby for me, and um, I hadn't yet really analyzed storytelling that carefully. But then when my career at Amazon started, I ended up being in um, Prime Video and doing a lot of international distribution work for Prime Video. And that got me close to content creators and screenwriters and directors. And um, just seeing them talk about their shows and learning a little bit about their process. When I sat down to write this, I thought of, I thought about them and treated it a lot more like an entertainment product. And so it was kind of, I would say it's the first time sort of idea met process in a correct way to where to where it built something that I was that I was proud of and and ultimately went on to to get published with Penguin Random House. And I'm curious, uh, given I guess what I would characterize as the tension between Amazon and some publishers, <laughs> did you tell people that you were an Amazon exec when you were looking well, for an agent I, and a publisher? I did. And you know, um for your for your listeners that are curious about, you know, how you break in, um you you kind of you want to use every tool you have, and so <laughs> sure. I in, in the query letters that I wrote to agents, I was very upfront that look, I'm a I'm an international business development executive with with Amazon Prime Video, and um and I was kind of clear about the fact that I thought there was a business opportunity here for for um, a streaming uh, uh, you, you know property one day in video, and um what what I found was uh, like the the age, everyone would kind of accept it. I think they actually liked that story. It wasn't, curiously, it wasn't until I was actually talking to who the man who became my editor at Penguin Random House and, and he and his boss were very much all over me about, you know, is there going to be a conflict of interest here or <laughs> anything like that? And so I assured him that there wasn't and um, and the rest, the rest is history, I guess. Sure. Well, well, once you had this idea that was kind of sparked by this unfortunate incident of of Iran firing on uh, the civilian airliner, um, what was the writing process for you? Did you sit down and outline or did you just kind of think about the idea and then just dive into the narrative? How did that work for you? Yeah, I, I, I landed. So I, that, that thing happened literally while I was in an airport, uh, or at least I was reading about it. And mm -hmm. I got on a plane and I think it's the first three hour flight I've ever been on where I did nothing but stare at the seat in front of me. <laughs> and <laughs> he, I just started thinking through like, well, wh wh what if such and such happened? And then I, I started to imagine a few characters that could, could, could do that. And I remember the plane landing and walking through and getting my cab and getting to a hotel. And then I um, jotted down these ideas because it felt very strong to me. And so I wrote an outline. And then I realized there were probably, you know, um, some gaps in what I would need to know and understand. So I kept kind of refining the outline really while I was on this business trip. So over the course of about four or five days, and then downloaded two or three books that would school me up a little bit better on cultural issues and things like that. And um, once I read those books, it, it really blossomed and uh, the outline became a lot fuller. Then once I started writing, by the way, this was just as COVID was beginning to happen when mm -hmm. I put it in the paper. So like March of 2020, um, I, I had more time on my hands, you know, as the lockdown um, sure. started to happen. So I no longer had a commute, um, travel sort of dried up, but the 
I, I started to to try to write, you know, basic chapters. And I would just say that the final thing on process, for me, it's kind of like layers. Like you have to write the whole thing through in a sort of basic, unpretty way and then go over it again and again and again to, to add in more details. And that was the way I was able to make um, all the different characters connect and make the scenes that I wanted connect back and harken back and, and create sort of a map. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. That's great. Well, are you working on another novel now? Well, yeah. Yes and no. I just finished. Um, so when when I did the deal, the the publication deal, a requirement was to start this as a series, which I agreed to do and was very happy about to do that. Um, and so the second book I just sent to my editor, I think two days ago, so just finished it. Um, and it will come out in May of 23. And um, I will start working on the third book. I'm taking a couple of weeks off here being summer and taking a sailing trip and things like that. But um, I'll start working on that in earnest, probably in late August. That's great. Well, given your experience with writing and getting the handler published, what writing advice would you offer for those who are working on their own stories and novels? Uh, I, I, I think a couple things. One is um, persistence pays off. That's sort of a rule of life. Um, but, Another, the word that, I guess I had two writing thoughts in my head. Like when you learn to golf, they say two swing thoughts, right? And and so for me, the two writing thoughts that I had were one, keep it pacey. Like don't, don't bog down in descriptions and too much world building, too much explanation. Try to have as much happen through dialogue and characters, you know, as if you were watching it on screen. That was that was a, a big thing for me. Um, and the second thing would probably be about you 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 have to um, find a way to change your mental model every now and then. And what I found is that your brain falls into a groove and you're like, hey, these things have to happen this way. And then you get stuck and you can't think of a reason why 
you know, a, a way to sort of solve your own puzzle that you've created. Mm-hmm. But then you have to remember that you you control all the levers, and just because you've you've made the you've made it such a way um, to, to get to that point in your plot, you can change things, you know, and and you can swap things around. And sometimes it it sounds strange, but you're the creator of this world, and you sort of forget that, and the world starts to feel rigid. And I think my advice would be. Don't let it feel so rigid. Don't be don't be afraid to to, to change it and and work it and work it a new way. Sure. Well, I, I'm curious. Given your work prior to Amazon, and I'm never clear how this works exactly. Did you have to get this manuscript vetted in terms of security clearances and that type of thing? Well, I'm very familiar with that process. And um, when I did this, when I did this book, I, I'm I'm been flattered that a lot of people call it um, authentic. But I was very, very careful to use um, cited open source material. Mm-hmm. And um, really all I wanted to portray was not so much things that are secret. And I actually invented, you know, some things that that maybe feel real but aren't. Um, and the the what I wanted to portray, and I think where I get um, favorable comments on realism, is because I wanted to portray the way intelligence, the intelligence community works and the way people think. And there's nothing particularly secret about that. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I, I was passionate about getting across was that the, in some you know popular spy fiction and things like that, these intelligence agencies are sort of omniscient. They're so incredibly capable and stuff. And what, what I had found was that, no, it is a giant puzzle. <laughs> and there are, I think there are 17 intelligence agencies they all they used to all sort of report up to the director of central intelligence who was had the job of coordinating that but then that but then it was seen as the CIA was just another competitive intelligence agency so they created this position of the director of national intelligence um you know about 20 years ago and what i wanted to portray was that the the interaction between all these different um pieces between the department of defense and various um the NSA and the CIA and all these other things something that we call all source intelligence and to show how the people working it never really, they never have the complete picture and they might have a different opinion from somebody from the other side. And I think a lot of us, um, a lot of citizens, Americans want the intelligence agency to have a monolithic finished Mm -hmm. viewpoint. And the reality is, is that they don't um, at least, at least at first there are, and I would think of it as, um, as something that's not a bad thing because it, sparks, I think, intellectual debate between and different points of view between agencies, which is a good thing that ensures more rigor. Um, but then ultimately you want that coordination. So that's so I tried to show that thought process and the way those things work, but none of that is is particularly classified. Right. Well what books have you read recently that you enjoyed? Um I well <laughs> When I started writing this book, I was deep into, um, I, I Googled what are the, the, the hundred, the hundred best books. And I, I was determined to get through the list of, of classics. Um, <laughs> and so I had just finished war and peace of all things and, uh, Anna Karenina. So I was on kind of a Tolstoy kick when I started writing the book. And then I was careful to, um, not, not read popular spy fiction while I was mm-hmm. doing it. Cause I didn't want to borrow anybody's style and having attempted this before that is what i often found myself doing right um, and so then once i was done with the book and it was on its way i thought all right i will let myself go and, and read some stuff so um 
I started to read uh, a lot of uh, David Ignatius, if you're if you're familiar with him, and was super I impressed. Am. I interviewed him for the podcast. Oh, okay, great. I was super impressed and and humbled and thought I have a long way to go before David Ignatius. Um, but uh, he's probably one of my favorite contemporary um, spy thriller guys. I also like uh, I also like the Mark Greeny books um, quite a bit and have enjoyed those. And I even went back and just for old time's sake read some some things that were more formative for me, like like the Tom Clancy books. And um, some some uh, some Herman Wook books and uh, things like that. So for me, sure. it's a it's a mix of current and um, and a little bit older. I guess I'm a little bit eclectic when it comes to my my reading styles. Sure. Well, where can people find you online if they'd like to learn more about you and your debut novel? Yeah, thanks. Um, I probably the easiest place is uh, MP as in Michael Patrick uh, Woodward dot com. And that has all the links to my social. At Twitter, it's at MPW author. Great. Well, again, we've been speaking with MP Woodward, author of the debut novel, The Handler. The novel is available now, so go buy a copy. And MP, thanks for doing this interview. Awesome, Jeff. It's been great to be on. Thank you. Great. Wonderful. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.